630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. And when you're 0-8 and you stub your toe as many times offensively as we have, there's uh, it becomes a time, and there was enough time that uh, it was evident that we needed to, to make a move. That's my decision, and so, uh, you know, I've been thinking about it for quite some time, and, and uh, the, the time during the bye seemed to be the right time because it gives me an opportunity to, uh, to put a plan in place. And with that, Stephen McAdoo is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Edmonton Elks. That's GM and head coach Chris Jones who made the announcement today. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show for this week. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell will uh, be joining us shortly. Uh, McAdoo, uh, while no longer offensive coordinator, will stay on the coaching staff, but he will move to the defensive side of the ball. And Jarius Jackson will take over as OC. Coming back from having a quarterback background, I think hopefully that, uh, you know, I can definitely get through to the quarterbacks with my play call and uh, help them with execution on the field. We have to definitely call things that suit to the quarterback, uh, as well as potentially, uh, you know, pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, giving our guys that can stretch the field opportunities. Um, you know, it's hard to go uh, 18, 12 to 18 play drives in this league. Um, you know, we don't have Ricky Gray here. We don't have Mike Riley here. We have the guys that we have. So we have to do things that, that, that suits uh, their strong points and, and brings out uh, their capabilities as playing quarterbacks. The guys that that we have, as Jarius Jackson puts it, are Taylor Cornelius, who has started seven games this season, Jared Dagey, who has started once, and Trey Ford, who has not seen the field at all. That's going to change, though. Quarterback is another spot where we will see a move. It's going to be uh, Daigie and uh, Trey Ford taking snaps, as well as Taylor still gets some snaps. But, uh, you know, Coach and I talked at length last night about this, and, um, you know, it's just time for a change. It's time for, you know, one of those guys to hopefully grab the bull by the horns and take this. And uh, like I mentioned before, that, you know, all three, Taylor's gonna, still going to be very supportive of those guys and, uh, you know, the best man to win the job. Today's news comes on the heels of a 27-0 loss to the BC Lions on Saturday night at Commonwealth Stadium. Eighth straight loss this season, 12th straight loss overall, and 21st straight loss on home field. Saturday was also the second shutout loss of the season for the Elks. The offense has produced just 99 of the team's 105 points in eight games. That's 12 points on average a game offensively, not even close to being enough. Uh, more from Jarius Jackson later on in the show. Uh, uh, we'll have a one-on-one -on -one with him. Uh, Dave Campbell will also join me shortly. But first, uh, more from coach and general manager Chris Jones, who had to make a very difficult move today with a close friend. I've got to put all feelings aside. I mean, certainly we've been we've been around each other since 1999, and we sat down three weeks ago, you know, and, and had a frank discussion. And and uh, you know, it's one of those deals where it's pro football, and I've got to make the uh, do what's best interest for this football team. They hired me to to be the overseer for the football team, and that's what I'm doing. We're, we're certainly hoping that we come back and we play better football because if uh, you know, special teams wise, I feel like we've played pretty strong, especially with the, with as many young kids. As we have I think we've we've been very competitive we've been up and down defensively certainly undisciplined so if we can address those areas and then play better offense uh, down the stretch I feel like we can improve preseason nobody would have envisioned that we'd be in this position 
Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, we're saying that we're going to be undefeated, but at the same time, nobody saw 0-8 either. So uh, it's a good time to reflect, and, and you can learn a lot about yourself and about the people around you and the people that, that you get to see every day also exactly when you're in this position. We're going to look at everything right now. Again, when you're 0-8, you have to look at everything. You have to look inward, number one. And, and like I say, it's a good time to reflect and, and find a lot about yourself as well. So we, uh, we're going to look at every phase of what we do. That is head coach and general manager Chris Jones after today's moves were announced by the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Stephen McAdoo no longer offensive coordinator. He's been moved, and he will stay on the coaching staff, and he's going to be involved in the defensive side of things. Uh, uh, he's under contract. they got to pay him, so they're going to use him on what is already a coaching staff that is stretched pretty thin. Uh, Jerry Jackson takes over as the offensive coordinator, and uh, the biggest move personnel-wise is that Taylor Cornelius will not be the starting quarterback when the team comes back from its bye week. That will be either Jared Dagey or Trey Fort. Uh, welcoming in Dave Campbell, now my broadcast partner here on 630 Chet for Elks Broadcast. And Dave, I don't think uh, a real surprising move today, uh, but a move that still has a lot of significance to it. Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, th this isn't... Uh you know, maybe this isn't a major move. It's a significant move, I think. And uh, to move Stephen McAdoo out of the offense completely, I think, is a statement. And moving Jerry Jackson in, uh, what will change? I don't think a whole heck of a lot, except for he will tailor an offense to his whichever quarterback is in there. And it looks like it's either Daggy or Ford, and it sounds like they're going to get a lot of playing time over the next uh, few weeks here. So, And utilizing their strengths. And I think that's the key is, is an offense is, is built on the quarterback's strengths, not necessarily what the OC thinks is best for the offense. And, uh, you you know, your quarterback is the most important player in that huddle, and you got to tailor an offense to, to, to them or to him. And I think it helps as well, Morley. Jarius Jackson played the position, and I think OCs that have played the position before, and there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, Jordan Maximic definitely would be a big exception to the, to the rule, but you look across the league, you know, uh, Jason Moss has been a successful OC. You know, we've seen Anthony Calvillo be a successful OC. Uh, Scott Milanovic, you know, the, the list is on Buck Pierce in uh, in, in Winnipeg. So, uh, huge move today, um, and we'll see what, see what happens. And also significant, Taylor Cornelius is number three. So, Moving on from him is is also significant because, of course, we know the money that is tied into him in 2024. Yeah, Cornelius will continue to operate short yardage situations, which he's been very good at since he took that job over uh, a few weeks back. The thing that, and by the way, we've got a one-on-one -on -one interview with Jerry Jackson coming up uh, after the break here on the Elks this week, so we'll get to that uh, coming up in about uh, seven minutes or so. Uh, but the biggest thing to me is how, uh, Dave, is what Jerry has said. He said he's going to, the difference you'll see in the offense is going to be the, the playbook will be tailored towards the skills of the quarterbacks, whether it's Jared Deggie or Trey Ford. And he wants to stretch the field a little bit more. And I think that's what everybody's begging for. Yeah, I think so, because I think it's lacking in this offense is, is the fact that they can stretch the field and, and we haven't seen it enough. And, you know, they, they're, they're 20 plus uh, plays, uh, even their attempts. I mean, it, it's down, Morley. It's down a lot. I mean, they they got 18 attempts from Cornelius and Jarrett Daigie had 13 and Daigie hardly had any playing time. Right. So uh, he started once and had garbage time for the, a total of about, you know, two and a half quarters. So with Taylor Cornelius, only 18 attempts. 
at uh, a 20 yard plus play only seven completions so that is way low and that doesn't help and they got to find a way to move the football quicker and to uh have chunks of yardage because it's it's hard you know jerry jackson says it's hard to you know he said what 12 to 18 play drives well you know even it's hard to do eight to ten play drives and i think most drives are are kind of in that range but you got to gash a defense at times and uh, you know, I, I'll go back to the game we did in Regina, you know, that, that 12-11 game with, you know, with the C.J. Sims gaff. But it's not that Saskatchewan was great that night, but they had five plays of 20-plus or more in their passing game, including three on their winning drive or their game-tying drive. You need that play, um, you know. You, you need it once in a while, but you need it when you really, you know, when, when, when it can really bail you out. And it bailed out the Riders in that game. That's a great example. Uh, the Elks don't have that. And, you know, just in general, 107 drives. 107 drives have produced 10 touchdowns between Taylor Cornelius and Jarrett Daigie. That is not just low for 2023. Morley, we're talking about historical low. low. So yeah. they got to get going here. They're not even averaging two touchdowns a game points-wise. They're at 13 no. points offensively. I think uh, they're at 12 points. I think offensively 13 points total because they've got the one pick six, right? But uh, they've got to produce more yards. They've got to produce more touchdowns, more points for sure. Uh, but they just have to stay on the field longer, which is something that they haven't done. The defense has been pretty good this year, bordering on really good, except they get tired as the game wears out because yep. they're they're on the field too much. Yeah, they are. And by the time they get to the third quarter, sometimes the fourth quarter, uh, it's it's a really tough slog for them. I mean, on average, the Elks are uh, just under 28 minutes a game. So uh, that's over 32 minutes. Uh, that's almost a four-minute discrepancy, right? And, and that doesn't mean it's always four minutes. I mean, we, we have seen games where, you know, well, the, the, the game we just did, I mean, they hardly – had the football, the Elks offense. So that defense, who had five sacks, for goodness sakes, they had five sacks on Dane Evans, and yet the offense couldn't turn those uh, turn those sacks and play complimentary football and, and, and put, the, put the points on the board here. So their special teams has been okay to above average. I have concerns about the kicking game, with especially with Dean Faithful, but, you know, they're, they're treading water. Defense is doing more than treading water. You, the offense is just absolutely drowning right now, and they got to find a way to complement their defense and, and their special teams. Okay, what's your take on how the, the quarterback situation will play out? I was talking to Reed about 20 minutes ago, and uh, I, I said I think both are going to get first-team reps through uh, the week of practice this week. Both are going to see uh, uh, reps in the game, and then it'll be repeated the, the week after. And for the Hamilton game, I believe both guys will play as well. And maybe at that point, they're going to say, okay, this guy's trending better than this guy. That's the guy we're going to go with moving forward. Uh, that's how I see it shaking out. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again, but that's the way I'm looking <laughs> at it. I agree with you. Now, I do think, I mean, only one quarterback can start, right? <laughs> Obviously, yep. even though you see both of them. If I was a betting man, which I am kind of, um, I would put my chips on Trey Ford that he will start next Thursday because I think Jerry Jackson, you know, coming from his background, a mobile quarterback who can throw the football 
And I think he likes that a lot. I think and, he likes that. And everybody a lot. needs a fresh. This this team needs a fresh start. And there's no yes. fresher start than a guy who hasn't started at all this year. I mean, they've got the new OC. They're going to make some changes to the playbook. They're bringing. They could bring in a guy who absolutely has no track record with this offense, and he has an opportunity to come in and light it up. And the fan, if he does, the fans will go crazy because they're going to say, "I told mm-hmm. you so." Uh, but nonetheless, he's got the opportunity to come in. And I I like that. I like that angle better than, and, and that's nothing against Jared Daigie. Uh, I like just the fact that it's it's all clean. There's no track record. There's no history. There's no memory of what's gone on this year with Trey Ford because he hasn't been on the field yet. And I just think it's it's the best way to move forward. And it puts a little fire underneath Jared Daigie too. So if he sees Trey Ford go out there and perform, he knows he's going to get his chance to perform. But I, you know, I look at the opponent coming in. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers next Thursday. We know what the Bombers did to the Elks offensively with Taylor Cornelius and how Willie Jefferson was such a difference maker. Trey Ford has no hesitation of getting out of the pocket if he needs to. He's got to be a good a, a, a good passer of the football, but we know Morley, he will not hesitate to get out of trouble and go off script. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm with you. I think Trey Ford gets the first opportunity to start, and let's see if it does light a fire under Jarrett Daigie because he is different. He can move, but he's more that, you know, that gunslinger swagger, you know, has that uh, moxie about him. I think Trey Ford has it as well. And just a quick word on Taylor Cornelius. And he, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all the tools in the toolbox, good kid, great story. His confidence is gone. And I don't think the coaching staff, you know, to be fair to the coaching staff as well, they don't have time to try and re- you know reclimate him and get his confidence back. That's on Taylor, and I think it's time for Taylor to sit back and, and watch these two, and let's see if that can do anything for him down the road. All right. He's Dave Campbell. I'm Morley Scott. When we come back, we'll hear from the new offensive coordinator of the Edmonton Elks, Jarius Jackson. You're listening to the Elks this week on 630 Chet. Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630Chad. Dave Campbell with you, along with Morley Scott, who had a chance earlier today to talk with the new offensive coordinator of the Edmonton Elks. That is Jarius Jackson. Jerry's, I imagine this move comes with mixed emotions for you because OC is where a guy wants to be, I guess, on that side of the football. But it's a change that's coming because of a bad situation. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I feel for uh, Coach McAdoo, who's a dear friend of mine. But, you know, I know I have his full support in, uh, in this situation. And, you know, he understands um, that, you know, the crosshairs are on your back whenever you're an OC, whenever you're a head coach. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the season didn't go on, isn't going the way that uh, we predicted from the beginning end of the season and you know the change is here and, and I just have to step into the role and, and you know take it full throttle. You've been an OC before in, in both BC and Toronto. What did you learn in those go rounds in that position that you can put to use this time? Well like I said try, earlier to, trying to uh, you know uh, call plays and do things that suit the guys that we have on the field, suits our personnel um, you know calling things that I feel our quarterbacks can execute and that they feel comfortable with. It's the bye week right now talk about what's going on with you now this week obviously I'm sure there's a lot of work to do where do you start with the changes you want to make well you know I started with talking with the quarterbacks you know I've already spoken with Taylor and you know he's very supportive in, in the decision and, and, and how it's been handled I know he's going to support either Daigie or Trey you know whoever becomes our starter 
And uh, for me, it's just going back to the drawing board, going back and, and, and analyzing our entire season thus far and seeing the things that we do well, things that we don't. And uh, again, just trying to narrow the play selection down to things that we can go out and execute and hopefully put points up on the board. And you are going to make a change at quarterback, right? Uh, definitely going to make a change at quarterback. And as I mentioned before, I spoke with Taylor this morning and, you know, he was very supportive of the decision. He understands that it's a business and things happen. He understands that, you know, we're, we're 0-7 and, and, you know, or 0-8, but, you know, seven of those starts that he had. So um, he understands there has to be change, but but he at the same time, he's still going to be in the building and uh, he's still going to be putting his best foot forward to hopefully get that job back. Uh, Chris mentioned it earlier uh, today. Uh, you're not saying goodbye to Taylor Cornelius. Uh, he, he's, I mean, he's got the size, he's got the arm. There's a lot there to work with. Maybe he got elevated a little more quickly than, than most quarterbacks around the Canadian Football League have in past years. Tell me about what you've seen from him, especially this year as things have gone bad. Well, Taylor has all the attributes. Like he has, you know, I tell him all the time, I wish when I when I was playing back in the day, I had your height, your arm strength, your speed, the entire thing. I think, you know, the biggest thing for Taylor right now is, is keeping his confidence when things go bad. You know, when things go bad, you can kind of see it in his body language and things of that nature. So I think that side of the mental aspect of the game is what he has to get stronger at and, and what he has to get better at because, I mean, it's the same for us, it's the same for the coaches. <laughs> you know what I mean? We get put in, in situations uh, that we have to, you know, keep our head held high and keep pushing forward. Jared Dagey or Trey Fort, what goes into that decision when you guys get back to practice next week? Well, you know, it's going to be who's executing at a high level. As I stated before, it's, it, the, the objective is uh, to score points and the goal is to win games. So the only way you can do that is by scoring points and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate uh, both of them thoroughly and, and see which one of them will give us the best chance to win. In a couple of weeks, your offense gets better with the return of, uh, of Gina Lewis. Uh, uh, Manny Arsenal is ready to return coming off the bye week as well. How, how important will be an influx of veteran leadership and obviously the skill level of a guy like Gina Lewis? Uh, that's huge. That's big for us. Um, you know, it's hurt. Uh, it's hurt us not having those guys in for the past few weeks. Um, you know, it did give our younger guys an opportunity to get some reps and get some game time experience. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be big for us offensively to have those guys back in the fold just from a leadership standpoint alone. How different will the offense look out of the gates against Winnipeg? Um, you know, I, I can't say that per se right now. I think I would be giving things away. Um, you know, like I said before, it's not going to be a complete overhaul, but at the same time, I'm going to try and do things that suit the quarterback. Pieces are there, right? I mean, all around this football team, I know you are what your record says you are, but this team doesn't seem to be an 0-8 team when you look at the personnel. I, I completely agree. I mean, if you go back and, um, you know, to me, we should, at worst, we should be 4-4 four four right now. Um, you know, BC is BC. They're a great team, uh, but I felt like we could have won those SAS games and a couple other games we could have won. But, um, you know, it is what it is. We're all where we are, and we just have to grind and, and push forward and try to come out of this funk. Mid-season coaching moves don't happen in football that often. Other sports they do, and there's always some kind of momentum kick, it seems, when it happens. Can you expect that moving into into next week? I definitely hope so. I, I hope this gives everybody, um, you know, a kick in the rear and, and tells everybody to wake up and, and let's go get this thing done. Um, you know, and this has been a few plays here and there. I mean, if you look at it in its totality, like we, uh, we've we been in a lot of these games. You know, we've been in a lot of these games up until the end. So it's all about us trying to find a way to finish strong, to hold on to leads, to increase leads, and, you know, do what we have to do to win games. Scratch, claw, fight, do whatever it is that we need to do to get the W at the end of the day. Jerry, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, congratulations. Good luck to you going forward. Thank you very much. 
All right, that is Morley Scott with the new offensive coordinator, Jarius Jackson, who uh, changes uh, hats. Stephen McAdoo, an advisor role. Uh, he'll help with the defense. And Morley, uh, I think it's important that this change was made as well because you have offensive talent coming back with Manny Arsenault, Eugene Lewis, uh, by the middle of August with the existing talent, Dylan Mitchell, uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr., and Kevin Brown. You cannot waste this talent, and it was being wasted, and Jerry Jackson yep. has to get the best out of everyone now. And and Jackson gets uh, a step forward just with those guys coming back to make the offense better, so we'll see what he does on that. Last word tonight goes to Chris Jones, who had a message for the fans today. And I was actually, you know, looking at the situation. We were 0-7 starting the game, and, I, you know, one of the guys commented that, you know, one of the coaches like, man, this is a good crowd for, for an 0-7 football team, so I was really impressed, and I, I certainly hope that the fans continue to, you know, it's a great organization. Eventually, it's going to flip, and when it does, again, we'll get back to where, where you know, Edmonton should be. And so I certainly hope that the uh, that the fans know how hard, not only the not only the the coaches, but the players. I mean, the players are here yesterday, one day after the game, working at camp, and and they uh, it means a lot to them. Yeah, it means a lot to everybody. They're working hard to get it turned around. Hopefully, they can. Dave, thanks for your time tonight. Enjoy the rest of your break. Thank you, Morley. You too, buddy. All right. Uh, I'm Morley. Uh, thanks for joining us. This has been the Elks This Week on 630 Chet.